<laughs> who sings Do I Duty? What? Who sings Do I Four Duty? Four of us. Like the actual, no, who sings Wasn't the original? Wasn't it the Crystals originally? I've heard five different people. Uh, the Schnepps? I don't know. I don't I don't. Know. It was okay, back in that never, time when everyone, they, one person wrote a song man, and man, everyone man, recorded it. I never understood why we needed to credit exactly which group I'm pretty sure it was wrote man, man for man. originally. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Raining Men, is that what you said? Manfred Mann. Oh, okay. I don't think that's right. Mumford and Sons. I think that Bill Murray came up. Yeah, yeah, that's probably strikes. right. Chris yeah. Harrington strikes. brought it to the yes, world. I did. Yeah. Minnesota. Arnold Schwarzenegger brought it to Chris Harrington. Yes. Manfred Mann, do I do Chris, Manfred do I Mann. Yeah. Run with it. I know, see, the internet knows stuff. It was written by a couple of songwriters yeah. that I think are somewhat famous. Uh, Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich. Jeff, this is yeah, really worried. important for the audience right. to understand this yeah. game. They will not understand it. <laughs> you want to know the historical the license, the, significance the, the of every publishing game rights have been explained. I hope to heaven we haven't been recording. First we'll have a little chat, then put on our it's time for Next Advance! And we're here today with the uh, cast and producers of Jester's Comedy. Welcome, everybody. Hello. 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 Welcome. Hey. Uh, if you could, could you uh, please uh, go around, uh, state your name, and kind of what you do or have done for uh, Jesters? I am Larry Biza. I am one of the three founders of Jesters in the original derivation, and uh, I've been performing, obviously, since the beginning then. I kept myself in, fortunately. <laughs> nice. And um, doing Jesters four oh. years now, over four years. I'm Mary Kay Wright, and I am a member of the troupe, and... Occasionally they let me host, but usually I'm just a player. <laughs> uh, I'm Adam Woolhouse. Uh, I go by Wooly anytime there's another Adam on stage. Um, I performed from the beginning, took a little break to help direct another troupe that quickly folded, and then I came back. And um, I am now one of the co-owners, co-producers, uh, occasional host, and I run the social media. I'm Chris Mookie Harrington. I've also been performing with Jesters since pretty much the beginning, and I am also one of the co-owners of Jesters, and I do a lot of the financial and books and stat keeping for the troupe. And as always, I am joined today by... Uh, Philip Simonet. I am the co-founder of Next at Bat, and surprisingly, I'm still in it. And your host, as always, is uh, is is Matthew McLeod. Philip, you were a little low on the volume there. Let's uh, let's try that again. And it was my fault because I'm Matthew McLeod and am one of the co-founders of Next at Bat, and I uh, run the boards. And I did a poor job of that when you were introducing yourself. So do you mind doing that again? Wow, this is the first. Have I, we ever done that? No, but I had wow. you a little low. Oh, we're here for history. Wow. Mm. Uh, I'm Philip Simondet. I am the co-founder of Next at Bat, and despite my protests, I am still in it. <laughs> <laughs> and your host, as always, is... Oh, God. Now we're caught in a time loop. Uh, we could skip your part. I, I have but, but I just technology. introduced myself, but, but then, quick sidebar. Yeah, but, right, okay, sidebar. Okay. Um, if we're caught in a loop like that, do we just ignore our guests for the next hour? I mean, we could. We could just introduce each other for the rest of the want? Do you want to do that? I mean, I've, I've heard that it's people's favorite part. Is it? How who have you heard this from? I've heard it from me. Okay. I oh, full stop? Full stop. Okay. Full stop. Uh, we better get to the group then, because okay. I don't trust your opinion at all. Okay. I don't really either. Okay. Uh, sidebar. Sidebar over. over. All right. Uh, so, Jester's Comedy, for anybody who doesn't know 
uh, what this is. Uh, it's a it's a venue as well as a, a true. Well, the, I'm sorry. the The venue is at Old Mexico. Old Mexico. Old Mexico. Sorry. O L apostrophe. They took out the D to make you know, it really old. Get, tiny. Old, it's a the, restaurant in Roseville. Right. Lexington Avenue. It's been around for a good 50 years, right? Right. A lot of years, yes. Since Mexico's been around. Right. <laughs> back before the word old had a D in it. Well, Texas actually freed old Mexico and then went back to Texas. So which, which it was nice of them. It, I think it, just, it just used to be Mexico restaurant, and then New Mexico became a state in 1930-something? Oh. Well, you check our Wikipedia entry. It's in there. Okay. All right. Get the real history. It, but this is the only show that occurs at Old Mexico. Am I? They do bingo on Tuesdays. They Fair. have mung dancing uh, after our show sometimes. Hmm. We've never been invited. Though. We have not been invited. <laughs> but yeah, there's a party room in the back behind the bar, and uh, we Larry set up shop there more than four years ago, and we're still there every Saturday night, seven thirty p.m. Cash only tickets, ten dollars. Plug, plug. Right. <laughs> I expect to hear that about six or seven more times throughout the show. Explain what the what the show is for anybody that hasn't seen it. Let's get into that. All right. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Those guys don't like my hemming and hawing, so I'm working on the hemming and hawing reduction. It's, it's endearing. Oh, thank you. I will continue it then. Uh, Jester <laughs> started out... Um, actually, the, the origination was um, an offshoot of Stevie Ray's improv. Right. Um, Stevie Ray had performed... Um, over uh, at a hotel with a variety of name changes. Uh, I think maybe it's the Double Tree over in Bloomington now. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of us had performed there. I was in a, a lower level performing group and uh, a lot of the other guys here at the uh, program were on the main stage. And uh, Stevie uh, eventually moved to Chanhassen, of course. Right. And uh, I think a lot of the players at that time, a bit of a drive and uh, maybe formats didn't work for them as well as they liked. And so there were a lot of people floating around and with really no place to perform, and that's not a good thing. So I started searching. I, I love playing with these guys and really wanted to, to have some of that fun time together. So I started searching around for another venue to perform at and mm-hmm. uh, became quite a challenge, finding a, finding a venue for every Saturday night you know, at a, at a public establishment, a bar or something like that that will bring people in as uh, a real challenge. And so uh, fortunately we found Old Mexico and – got it going so the the type of um what we perform short form is i would say comparable to who's lying uh, on tv sure. that's kind of a, a a base point stevie ray's things we picked up from stevie ray's over the years that's another jumping off point um so uh, lines line games scene games um mm-hmm. a lot of audience participation and audience uh, suggestions throughout the show a lot of audience participation yes we <clears throat> we enjoy that and, and i would say actually uh, music uh games have become Quite a part a lot of, the of show singing, too. Uh, a fair amount of singing, attempted um, singing, attempted mm-hmm. singing. Yes, yes. Rap. We are. Rap. We have gotten a lot better, surprisingly, at at rap, which you would not guess. I think looking at most of the troupe, but we have, we have, and it's, it's fun. It's fun for the audience too. I think we're we're bringing. We try to bring new things. We've we've got a number of new structures we came up with, or relatively new, that um, kind of bring off the fun performing side, and that's so sure. we we do those as well. So I, I think that uh, there's been a pretty significant rise in uh, what people are calling indie shows uh, around the Twin Cities. There are theaters that are dedicated to doing uh, improvisation. There's Comedy Sports, Stevie Ray's, mm-hmm. uh, Huge Theater, Brave New Workshop. 
Uh, I'm probably missing one or two. But there are these like one night a week or one night a month shows popping up. And I think a lot of people are that aren't involved in these are curious how those uh, relationships are are manufactured with the uh, with the venue itself. One wouldn't think Old Mexico and short form improv are a match made in heaven for four years weekly, like weekly, not monthly, and that it is successful enough for both the in- improv troupe and the restaurant to uh, keep it going for that long. How were you able to, I mean, first of all, convince management that this is a great idea and structure a deal that benefited both parties? And uh, you don't need to go into the, the specifics. Obviously, that's private, but but yeah. Yeah, um, in that particular case, actually, there was a, um, I'll jump back a little bit. There was a place in, in Burnsville that I found, um, a pizza place that had a basement okay. performance space. They had done some comedy work, their stand-up comedy work, and that had opened up, and I spoke to those people. Um, <laughs> just a little little sidebar story here. Uh, Peter Butler, who yeah. you may or may not always know, was a big part of Jester's at the origination and through our time. Great improviser. Yeah, yeah, great. F- very funny guy. Um, but anyways, he I had set up a meeting with this um, at the pizza place, with the executives, quote executives of the place, and uh, certainly the owner. And Peter accompanied me to the meeting. And one of the first questions was, well, do you see this bringing a lot of people to the show? Obviously, they're Mm -hmm. looking for business. And and Peter kindly said, nah, just friends and family. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) after I I recovered from my shock and brought Peter outside the room for a while, um, He's a very honest man, too. We forgot to say that. <laughs> he is directly honest, yes. Um, so that was just, uh, but there, but there is. I mean, th- think of yourself as a business owner, and you're going hey, right. to come up and say, hey, I'm going to, let's put on a show. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, first you have to kind of go to their financial side, right? Absolutely. And, and, and I said to him, listen, we're going to bring in a minimum of 20 people um, for, for the room, um, and we'll do that week after week, and it's going to grow from there, and we'll just keep building and building, and you're going to do a lot of business off of a room that really they weren't getting a whole lot of usage out of. Right. Uh, of course, Saturday's a prime time, and uh, so convincing them to give up every Saturday was a challenge, but we worked the times on the start times of the show and things, so there's time for afterwards for someone else to come in and use the space. So it, it worked well both ways. We got a great performance space. It's really an excellent place, and... Um, a fun environment and yeah. uh, I think there's a couple things to add first of all we're in Roseville so sure. we're near St. Paul we're on the other side of town from Minneapolis and so we will say we draw a crowd that typically is either a St. Paul centric crowd or an outer greater Minnesota crowd you know mm-hmm. we've had people from Wisconsin and all you know you name a lake someone's been from there and come down <laughs> to the show and so we you know we'll have school groups and a lot of people they set up as a six-month trip so every every six months i'm going to come back and i'm going to come see the show or whatnot and so over the years you build that audience so that's part of it second one is we serve food and drink during the show like a real restaurant and it's full menu same thing you could get if you're sitting over in the other room and I think that's really a, a appeal because even if the show's not good, you can sit there, you can have a beer, you can have some food. And so for a lot of people, it's it's like going to a restaurant, but then there's also a show going on as opposed to, you know, it's a little different than when you go to an actual a theater and you're sitting down and you can get up and get to drink. But that's a lot different than a waitress coming over and letting you have enchiladas and, and drink beer during the show. So I think there's a little bit of appeal to that. And it made it a little bit easier for us to sell the show as you give us a waitress, we'll give you an audience and... 
they're pretty much captive for 90 minutes and people like to drink and people like to eat so uh, mookie that's every saturday night at 7 30 isn't it yeah <laughs> central <laughs> standard time central standard don't forget that people yeah we're in roseville minnesota not roseville california i want to make sure this is very clear because <laughs> yes. uh, yes. uh google has a challenge with this yes. yeah it does i've 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 encountered that. We have had a couple of groups call us Saturday night and, hey, where are you guys located? Well, it's in Roseville. Which Roseville? Because I'm outside the restaurant in Roseville, California. Yeah, you're not going to get here in time. I will give you your money back from whichever company you just bought tickets from. But in terms of what type of show we do, Mary Kay, do you want to talk about kind of what the style is over the 90 minutes? We do a variety of um, game-type structures and scene-type structures and songs we usually open with a little song where we kind of poke fun at audience members or ourselves. Uh, we do line structures, which are like one-line jokes. Mm -hmm. And then um, scene kind of structures that are a short scene that has some kind of game element to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have to say words that the audience wrote on a slip of paper. Or maybe I've got to... Re, uh, redo what I just did if you if you honk a horn and say that was wrong. So a variety of things like that. Mm -hmm. And typically it's one host, seven or six players. So you know there's a lot of lot of shuffling on and off the stage. It's ninety minutes straight, no intermission. It's not like comedy sports with teams. So right, you know it's just the six players. And typically we throw the lineup before show, and we do what fourteen structures a game for show. Yeah, fourteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen, fourteen to fifteen. So. It's fun in that sense that, you know, we have our playbook and we go to it a lot. I think we do a lot more line stuff than we do scene stuff in terms of what differentiates us from maybe some of the other troops. I, I, should, I should have asked this before. How many people are in the troop? Currently, there's 20. 20? Um, looking at the total, we've had 35 players overall who have joined and left or who are still there. But we've had 35 counting musicians mm -hmm. and we're currently sitting at 20 active. And you just took we, out. We chew up, and spit, chew up and spit them out, uh, Matt. There it Actually, is. Actually, I have the list here. Go for it. The Jester's Comedy Improv unfortunately could not make it list. So these are the ones you can add <laughs> oh, to your sir. blog list. Um, I'll, I'll people that could not make it. Uh, Adam Litz, Amy Zajac, Blake, Blake Wanger, uh, Brian Pierce, Emily Barrett, Eric Nielsen, Joden Coles, Justin Betancourt, Kevin Pearson, Linda Ahrens, Lori Creever, Rhett Ramsass, Wells Farnham, Jan Lynn, Pauline Johnson, and... Zach Kulzer. They go. could not be here today, unfortunately. So you'll, you'll hear a lot of names that, you know, I know with your podcast and all the different groups you've interviewed, you've yeah. probably met almost half of those people on the list from one of the other groups. More. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. so, and actually a lot of the players that have been with us in the past, uh, Aaron Kennedy, uh, Jen Van Cam, Jeff Kaiser, Jeff Kaiser, Eric Simons, Della Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and th there is a there's a lot of crossover between long form and short form on here too. Uh, there there is, and I, actually, um, that reminds me of um, kind of one of my things. Uh, actually, I prefer some of the. It's funny for me some of the standout performers in the cities um, in actually long form type uh, performance are short form artists. I would say mm -hmm. um, the, there's some element of how quickly they can grab situations and really play with them. That's that's pretty amazing. So some of my favorite groups are. Actually, people that have been formed up from short form performers. So, uh, I know Mookie, you do some long form. Do either of you two do long form? I'm occasionally in the uh, meddling kids troupe when they do shows. Sure. And um, I have a duo with Emily from uh, Jester's Emily uh, Homo uh, mm -hmm. Hobo Chili. Mm -hmm. Hobo Chili. 
Uh, but we haven't performed <laughs> since she had babies. Sure. <laughs> she hasn't really, has she? Uh, Emily? Uh, yeah, at least long form. I haven't seen her oh, in a while. I mean, she did. She did Sean and the Ladies, and uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is side business. This is yeah. sidebar. Yeah. Ooh, sidebar. Oh, sidebar. Uh, I was sidebarring with Adam. Yeah, but that could be the whole interview. That could be the whole show. What if you just talk about Emily the entire show for the rest of it? That'd be fun, right? But um, no, no, no. I mean, I mean oh. it'd be fun for Emily, maybe. Except that well, we'd then we'd be have, talking we'd about. We know we have one satisfied listener for once. That's a good point, but we need to bring in at least twenty, from what I heard. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You're right. Uh, don't value my my opinion. It's don't trust it. Are you still sure. trying to get yourself out of this group? I should not be here at all. <laughs> all right. Full stop. No openings at gestures right now, Philip. Sorry about that. Fucking sidebar. sidebar. Are you kidding me? We need a bodyguard. We gotta get this better. Okay. All right. Side I feel kind of like introducing myself again. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I'm familiar. Most people I think are pretty familiar with whose line is it anyway. And uh, and we've talked to uh, a, a few uh, short form uh, groups or uh, shows recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody structures their shows a little bit differently, like uh, for uh, pacing and dynamics and things like that. Um, could you talk us through kind of what uh, somebody would expect to see, um, like how a host interacts, how a, like, because the host tends to handle the dynamics, in, unless I'm mistaken. Correct. You know, what a, a, what a show would look like. We're pretty formulaic people in the sense that um, over the years we've tested what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so we, in some ways, will end up with kind of a a random format sheet where generally the layout of the show is very similar. It's the which game goes where. Yeah. So open with a a singing game where we'll usually work with the audience and we'll do a line structure. Then we'll do a scene game that involves the players that weren't in the singing game. Mm -hmm. Then we'll do either another scene game or we'll do a line structure. Then we'll go to a guessing game of some sort then if there's music we might do a music then uh, otherwise we'll probably do either a two or three person structure um, then we'll probably do some kind of a long form uh, line structure like a jeopardy mm-hmm. so something that might be a, a couple players but it's more jokey and it's less line driven and then we have a little bit of mix in the middle depending on kind of how things have worked out at this point so we'll probably do another music structure maybe a rap at that point uh, probably have another line structure uh, throw another scene game with an audience member in at this point. So it could be like a sound effects game, could be like a moving body, something of that nature. And then we get kind of into that final run where we try to be like, these are the games that work really well. These are the games that have some audience participation because we find audience members tend to make the audience react more. Yeah. And these are the games that work best. So we're usually closing our show with some variation of Blind Line followed by First Date, which is kind of like Day in the Life, but we reenact someone's first date with a bell and a horn. Hmm. Then we go to um, a guessing game like Party Quirks, and then depending on it, we'll either end on Party Quirks or we might end in a, a singing large format game like a Runaround Sue about the events of the night. So, sure. you know, if you want to steal our format, I pretty much just laid it out for you <laughs> right there verbatim. And then the, the shuffling comes from which players are strong in which games, which players like certain games, and how do you not put the same player in this in a format four times in a row? Sure. Typically, we work on the lineups kind of a couple days beforehand, and then we'll send them to the host, and the host kind of has the final veto power. And uh, 
we we do usually pre-assign who's playing which games just to kind of keep that balance and keep it going. But inevitably, the host, especially when I'm hosting, I walk up on stage and I'll jump three games ahead because I'm not paying attention or because <laughs> or the crowd just doesn't like it. You 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 think a crowd is going to love line structures the whole time, and then it turns out they just really want to see scene work or mm-hmm. vice versa. So sure. we're always changing it on the fly. We do uh, occasionally cater it towards the audience if we know there's a big group there. Was it last week we had the uh, uh, a singles meetup? Group, I don't mm-hmm. know you were at that one, Mary Kay. Did yeah. you guys end up doing first date for the singles meetup group? It was on the schedule, and we didn't do it okay. because the uh, the host made that call that it would not be a good idea. It's almost like he improvised the lineup at that point and How just made up something he? else. Uh, we don't do that game either. We we have a uh, high school group that comes from Wasika once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Generally, don't do first date with a group of seniors. <laughs> Uh, from high school, sure. might skip uh, 185, which is 185 blanks, walk into a bar. Even right. They're in a bar at that point. Um, we don't always go for the liquor humor with uh, high schoolers in the crowd. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> they like it. They like it. The teachers sometimes get uncomfortable. Sure. Are, are, you, are you guys, uh, do you try to censor yourselves or are you uncensored? I would call us, and we've always kind of set a standard of, uh, would call it PG-13. PG-13, um, sure. The occasional F-bomb. Now, now, PG-13 means you can have one, one non-sexual yes, F-word Chris. in the show. The MPAA has certified yes. our show as, <laughs> as PG-13. Yeah, as PG-13. I mean, our, our challenge is we always go back to the idea that while it's Old Mexico Restaurant, it's the back of a bar. Sure. And so it's Saturday night. Yeah. So there's a certain element where we usually we have people call and say, I would like to bring my 10 year old or I like to have an eight year old birthday party. And usually we try and, 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 and Larry hates hearing this because, of course, he wants to fill that room. But we do try to dissuade them to say, you know, it's going to be an audience of adults. And so we can control what the players say, but I can't control what the audience is going to say. And we don't have a brown bag mechanism where we're going through like that. Right. And at the same sure. time... Which is pe- a comedy sports yeah, yes. thing. Pe- people yeah. want to drink and people want to have fun. So it's it's about finding that balance in the middle. I know Wooly usually kind of asks questions like, do you let them watch Family Guy? If you do, we're probably not going to be more lewd than Family Guy. But mm-hmm. if you think Family Guy or South Park is a little too much... This would probably be too much. It's hard to be more lewd than Family Guy. It <laughs> yes. is. And so it's just kind of like as a parent, if you're comfortable with that, you're, you're not going to be offended by what we do on stage. Right. Every show, someone is offended by something because we're out there telling jokes on the tip of your tongue and, you know, you make good choices and bad choices. And it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, especially in the political season. Yeah. You right. Know, people right. are always coming to us. But that's okay with us. It's more like, do you hold the grudge against the performer? Do you see it as everyone's playing to the top of their intelligence and sure. trying their best? And, and I think there's a bit of conditioning for the audience. What they're giving you is what you play with. Mm-hmm. You know, if, um, I think our probably our longest run of a 185 was with gynecologist, and you just you know it just keeps on going and going until we finally quit. Yeah. We're talking about like quit versus run out of things. <laughs> So uh, we can we, we play that way to a degree. It's it's really based on what they want to hear. Sure. And and for the most part, our hosts are pretty good about driving the audience towards or away from. Right. We, we don't need to hear words for female sexual toys throughout yeah. an entire show. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're gonna say it once, all right, say it once, and now we're gonna move on, and and we're not gonna let you talk anymore, audience member. Right. And I think that's the fun part of the interaction, though. Right. We want we really want to, and actually we're we're angling toward more audience interaction. 
in our games as well. I mean, we do have some of that, but it's I was going to ask about that. It's a fun element, and, and they really enjoy it. Hey, I'm on stage. Hey, I'm a part of this thing. Right. You know? So, so I made, I made it perfect. Yes. I made it perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. Look at me. And I mean, we talk to the audience, and our impression, at least, is most of the audience is not going out and seeing other improv. They're they might be going out to see other forms of entertainment, maybe even stand up. But sure, improv wise. Not a lot of them are saying, oh, I went and saw Huge last week, and then I went down to Stevie mm. Ray's, and I now go here. It's more like they came out, they wanted to have food and drink, and they wanted to have a laugh, and they found out about it somehow. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you know, it takes years and years to really build that reputation where then people are like, oh, I, I, I came here before, and you're like, when? You're like, oh, it's 2013. You're like, well, that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. So, I mean, for us, we know that it's in that middle spot of, you know, the art and comedy are very, we, we always say it's just your comedy improv. You know, we're mm-hmm. not there to do artistic scene work necessarily. I think mm-hmm. it's fine to be part of the show to be entertaining, but entertainment is the key word. It's not meant to be self-indulgent. Um, I was actually going to ask about this too, but nice segue. Thanks, Mookie. Uh, do, do you, you know, sidebar? Yes. <laughs> if you're looking for a, a, co- a co-host. Um, <laughs> Philip, you're not going to get out of your contract. All right, all right. Sidebar. Uh, I mean, but, How long is that contract for, by the way? Uh, Written in blood. Our, our sidebar. Our sidebar balls are terrible. Ter- terrible. Um, his contract is for uh, for life and death. Ooh. And death. You didn't read the fine print. I never read fine print. Um, but just so you know, Mookie would be a great co-host. Oh, he would. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad. I'll never. I'll, I'm going to die, but I'll never stop being dead. So I guess that's forever. Right. If you ever get undead, you're out. Oh. I'm working on zombie technology. Yeah. <laughs> Sidebar. Over. There was a technology Sidebar. to zombies. Um, no, I don't remember what I was. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a segue of some sort based yeah. on what Mookie talked about. Uh, oh, I, I do remember. From my experience, one of the one of the great things that short form can be so good at is satire. Do you find that you guys veer into that very often, or do you do you stay pretty light? I think satire can be a probably I would say a small element of our shows, but but certainly there's an aspect of of timeliness, um, either generated by us or by the audience, mm-hmm. right? There's what what's in the news and what's, what's topical yeah, right. becomes a part of the show, absolutely mm-hmm. for that side of it. Yeah, I think politically uh, there's a lot of character stuff, so that you, you that's a rich tapestry, and so that makes its way into the guessing games. We always have to. It's challenging to figure out what the audience wants and what we've done a hundred times. So we have a member of our troop who is about the same height as Hillary Clinton, has blonde hair, and always presents herself in a very business-like fashion. And so she gets Hillary Clinton as a suggestion every single time. Does, mm-hmm. does her name rhyme with Rory Cleaver? It, it well may. <laughs> and so we it's, it's that challenge we have of being like, she's great at that impression and she can nail it, but at the same time, we've made her do it so many times that mm. you know we almost have to figure out ways to avoid it by saying, give me a political figure like Hillary Clinton. So then you've taken it off the table yeah. for them to yell it back at you. And it is always weird to find that balance of what the audience does in the real life versus what they're yelling out because we have had a show I remember in the past that the audience seemed to be leaning, I'll say, to a liberal slant. And we had a uh, like world's worst children's party or something. And one of the guys came out and said, hey, kids, let's go to the gun range. And half the crowd said, what? That's that's what I did for my seventh birthday party. That's I don't get the joke here. So it's, it's finding that kind of thing, too, with the conservative, liberal, which one they're going to like and which one they're going to crap on. 
Mm-hmm. Usually when they, they boo at us, we tend to shift the other direction. <laughs> Good sign. You don't double down at that point? <laughs> I do. I do. It depends. Actually, yes. Yeah, sometimes, some, sometimes some you'll people, go right at it. Some people are antagonistic and they love it. And so, you know, we'll say the boos are like cheers to my ears. Yes, right. Or you've paid your money already, so it makes no difference to me whether you enjoy it. But, you know, it's a reaction. I always think theater is about getting a reaction. From the sure. And we have had a few people walk out over the years. Not a lot. Some paid even beforehand. Some paid before, yes. We've only, we've only had one person call us out on uh, uh, social media. On social well. media, right. And that was, that was a fun one to deal with. Comedy is supposed to be, you know, provocative. So. Mm-hmm. I would say in, in general, the job of the host is to be on the side of the audience and to think about what they need and, yeah. and, and want and what would make them happy. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of hosts who take it the other way. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's... Funny and playful, but they kind of show an antagonistic thing toward the audience, and it always goes over really well. It's like the audience knows that there's this line that they're not going to cross, but it's, you know... One guy might pick out a member of the audience, and that's his mortal enemy for the show. And just pick on that person. Yeah. It's almost the the, the old-fashioned bad guy wrestler. Like, oh, like what sure. Andy Kaufman would try to right. try to pull. Only we don't beat up women during the shows usually, um, but go after the one person. And, usually, uh, usually. Well, I, I think the host is a sponge, though. Too for me, it's the the job of the host is to absorb the negative energy from the audience and make sure yeah. that that what right. the players get to play with is perform. And so, part of it is the host has to curate what what choices are made. So they have to choose the audience suggestions that are going to give the players a good position. But then at the same time. The host also sometimes has to remind the audience that the players are not necessarily representing themselves on stage. Mm-hmm. This is a persona that they have pl- portrayed. And mm-hmm. so they, I, I don't think of my players as being liberal or, or conservative. I think of them trying to be humorous or mm-hmm. thought provoking and, and play within the context that they're so they, so they, what they say doesn't represent their belief. It represents what they're trying to say in the situation that they're presented with. And so it's always that, that depth there. And the host's job is to kind of make sure that there's that, space at all times that the host is the one who sometimes actually the host is sometimes the more true person because they're coming out and they're saying this is who i am i'm here to lead you through this all i'm i'm going to guide you and say yes or no where the players we don't want them having to be like i'm not going to answer that question what uh, mookie said is all on our terms of use checkbox that people have to do when they come in so they know what they're getting into they don't know but they sign it i wouldn't i would never read that fine print <laughs> So as far as the audience goes, uh, you talked about wanting to, like, especially later in the show, find more ways to pull them in. Uh, And they're eating and drinking throughout. Uh, How uh, raucous is the crowd? How involved in the show are they? Let me say something about the the, one of my crazy theories. Um, There was always, not always, but a a lot of the shows we come away with, well, it really woke up in the second half kind of thing. And um, which isn't related to the audience games necessarily. It's related to, I think, the audience actually quitting eating. Um, So many people are eating at the start of the show. They're so focused on their food. It's really, uh, it's a great part of a thing for the audience because they Mm -hmm. can uh, presumably do two things at once, but they're not going to be laughing out loud. They're not going to be cheering and clapping with forks in their hands. So... um, it's it, the food thing is a, is a bit of an issue. I mean, I would prefer that we didn't have food. It's part of the thing, so I'm not yeah. going to change that. But the preference would be that if they ate before the show and came, we you know it would be funner Ideal. all the way around. Yeah. But, 
I think that'd be a harder sell for old Mexico, though, to, to tell them. They eat out front. We're going to stop time. having food during the shows, if that's okay. Just it, it's also would. a Minnesota audience. I've performed in other states, and I was shocked when I came to Minnesota where I would have a show, and it would end, and I'd be like, that went terrible. And mm-hmm. then every person leaving would be like, this was great. I'm going to mm-hmm. bring my family back. And be like, mm-hmm. I looked at you the whole show, and you sat there with your arms crossed and your face <laughs> passive. And and like, I know Jill Bernard always jokes about how she's going to open up a theater called the Thoughtful Nod. Of <laughs> yes, I appreciate that joke. But Minnesota, there, there there's that quietness to some audiences, absolutely, and that can really throw you when you're not yeah. um, acquainted with it. And so it took me a very long time to to even come over those self-doubts you have of mm-hmm. being like, they weren't laughing, they weren't joking. And then later you you talk to people and you hear from them and you see them again. I mean, that's always, I always feel like people vote with their feet. So if they're in the theater and you've seen them again, it's hard for you to take their the belief that they hated what they saw because they came back and they brought a friend. Well, and, and when they tell you that they loved it, they tell you from six feet away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of times they have to hunt you down after the show because, you know, we... We, I, and this is an element that I don't know if we emphasize. Jester's is very DIY. We, uh, or yeah. do it yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, did, you said it right. Okay. <laughs> Where after the show, we're going to put up the stage. We're going to unplug the mics. We're going to put the cords up. We're going to turn that room around so that when the Hmong dance party happens at 930, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're in a hurry after every show where it's like, we got to clean up a thousand things. We got to make sure everything's going. And there's no technical staff. We are the sound guy. We are mm-hmm. the front of house seater. The person who sat you is probably going to be the person who's we also the going world. to be guessing. <laughs> so it's very much that we have to do everything. So a lot of times people have to hunt you down after the show and kind of grab you and then say, I really enjoyed that. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting in that element. And then with that, you do get thrown off when there are exceptionally loud people or groups in the show. And because we are in a bar, those groups generally tend to be 21 birthday parties 21st sure. birthdays that show mm-hmm. up and they're getting shots beforehand or mm-hmm. or just a, a, a bachelor bachelor I was gonna party. say bachelorette party yep, yep we get uh, we don't get as many bachelor parties I guess it's bachelorette yeah. parties and they get uh, a little rowdy depending on who's in the troupe we try to have Rhett Rom's ass in the show when when there's <laughs> bachelorette parties there yes generally he's our he's our eye candy Oh, it's not you guys? <laughs> That's why we're on the podcast yes. portion. They don't have to look at us. If, exactly. it was, if it was live video, it would have been Rhett. And... To verify that, the performers are all pictured on the website. You can check it out. <laughs> JCImprov.com. To, to that effect, Mary Kay, what is the feedback you hear after the shows? I mean, um, The people who – it's Minnesota again. So the people who talk to me are always going to say that they loved it. Uh, and sometimes they – Sometimes people don't mean it, but I think that in, in <laughs> no, we know that. What? I, I know, uh, but in general, people are kind of—they're almost surprised mm-hmm. that I, I like this. Oh, this is fun. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll come back. Maybe we won't bring grandma, but we will come back. Yeah, we, we are surprised at though how many people over the age, like it's all ages. Like, yeah. if anything, the one we're young, we have the least of is usually people under twenty-five. But even that is, I wouldn't say is lacking, but it's just, it tends to be more people in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s. But we have couples that come back that are retired and, and mm-hmm. whatnot, and, and uh, we get to know over the years. And of course, I, I think Blind Line is everyone's favorite thing, and they're just so tickled that they wrote something on a piece of paper, and we read them back to them on stage. Mm-hmm. Blows their mind that this is possible. Blind Line is a fun one to watch when you're not performing in it, because you can see them the audience leaning ahead and looking to see is that my piece of paper in their hand 
Is that the one they're gonna? They read it. Oh, they read it. Ah. If they knew Siri could repeat things out loud, I think we might lose half our audience. <laughs> and I, I think there's always one woman about my age every show that comes up to me and says, "You were my favorite." <laughs> so I, I've got my you know fifty something lady niche. Isn't it funny though how like important it is for the audience to rank and tell us which one was their favorite after yeah. show. Inevitably, they always come up and they're like, this person I liked and this one too. As if in the back we have a tally and we're like, so it is a competition. They're like getting another sports. quarter in their paycheck. I, I, have, I have family who comes up to me after every show and, and asks, where was that Mahmoud guy? I really liked him. Which is why Mahmoud's not in Jesters anymore because my family loves him more than they love me. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to a uh, new uh, section in the show that doesn't have a name, right? Yeah, and uh, so we if, name if it. you if, yeah, well, we if could you, name it if, if you want. If you guys could help name it after oh. we're done with this, that would be terrific. Um, so I'm going to ask you some uh, quick questions, and uh, if you could answer very quickly, that would be awesome. If you could improvise with anybody from history, who would it be? Uh, the Zodiac Killer. I'm assuming there's a sample. There's a, there's an ample reward yeah. that I could yeah. get, and, and, and so I, you I could find you could finally see who it is. That's finally see who good. it is. I mean, he could do it in the mask if he's more comfortable doing that. That's sure. fine. But I'm pretty uh, active on stage, and I think in the in the framework of the scene, I could tackle him and yeah. black out, and then get the reward and retire. That'd be true. <laughs> I'm thinking Alexander Graham Bell. We'd play telephone game, and it'd just be like, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> that would be. Hugely entertaining. I'm, I'm a big Muppet Mark, so I would be really excited to do something with Jim Henson. Yeah. Just seeing how much of that stuff seemed to be him kind of going on the fly in the character. Mm-hmm. And I would say uh, Benjamin Franklin. I just have, I think he would just get me, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he, he loved the ladies. <laughs> um, what is your favorite word to use in improv? Well, in improv, so not just favorite word. It could be favorite word. Okay. Because I was going to say mellifluous. Mellifluous. What does that mean? It means like musical sounding. Yeah, nice sounding. But I've never used it in an improv show, I'm sure. Interesting. I'd have to go with bifurcate, which is uh, one of those mookie words that if you work with me long enough, you'll hear me refer to business terms that way, that we're splitting it. We're going to have to bifurcate this issue and deal with it. Uh, Aerodynamic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like Mary Kay. I don't think I've ever used it in a show. I think every show... I have it in my mind. I'm going to use it, and mm-hmm. it just never comes up. You've been aerodynamic, though. I have been very stage, aerodynamic. Yes. yes, that's why I shaved my head now. Bentonite. B e n t o n i t e, which is it's a type of clay used by or in the. Arsenal. I actually used to use it in the pyrotechnic industry. That's the short answer. All right. You don't want the long <laughs> no, let, let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> Finally, if you could build your perfect theater and put on your perfect one uh, game, what would those two things look like? Uh, and this is, I want you guys to uh, work on this together. Work on this, okay. Like like one word? Uh, one word at a time. <laughs> no, no, however you want to do it. Well, you know I'm going to pick a singing game, so if you want to veto that, you should do it all. My One of my pleasures is making up songs. Mm-hmm. So I would like the show to include... Well, it's the show or orchestra. <laughs> yeah, you could have an orchestra in your theater. Uh, could it, would a live orchestra be able to improvise together? 
together well enough to like back up like a jazz combo. Well, yeah. Philip, you're the music expert. Uh, nah, they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even stay together unless they're watching a guy wave a He's, stick. He speaks so. with oh. precision. <laughs> I, I think actually, guys, I think the a theater about our size, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe 60 people. I mean, it's, it's well, we can fit 60 actually, but I, I think the, the, what I love about improv is the, the closeness with the yeah, audience, you absolutely. know, the fun. If they could be, if we'd be right spitting distance, you know, the closer, the better. I think, uh, there may be set it back a little bit, but I think for us as performers being real, you know, viscerally close to the people is great. Willie and I were talking about one of the challenges we have with staging scenes from a hat with our stage, which is you have to step mm-hmm. up to get on our stage and we're contrasting that with the Who's Line stage where it's almost that the edges are higher and then you step down. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes easier to make entrances that way because you're not you know, trying to get climb up on a stage, which can be easy. It's much easier just to it's step like an down. Am- it's like an amphitheater. Yeah. So I think for me, my ideal theater would have kind of that dynamic where you're almost on the wings and you're a little bit higher. And then it's like when you go into the stage, then it's it's much lower. And so it's easier to kind of enter and exit. Like and a, a trapdoor. It'd have to have a trapdoor. Trapdoor, yes. Yeah, multiple. They would do downsizing with like literal trapdoor opens and you are gone. Like you are it. eliminated from the game that way. <laughs> like, like Larry had said, one of the challenges with Old Mexico is the food uh, for, for the performers. <laughs> um, so I would get rid nice of the save. food, but I would keep the uh, uh, the alcohol. I would, I would keep the audience drinking and... Uh, um, maybe after a couple drinks, just get them one or two free ones to keep the liquor going and the uh, and make us funnier. So we want this in a bar that's an amphitheater with an orchestra backing us up. I think is with trapdoors. With trapdoors, yes. I think we're describing a, a place that we all know called Bryant Lake Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Could be. Could be. Uh, and then I, I think you asked for a game. Um, I think singing. Like, singing games are really fun. So I think you know I, I think bartender is one of the most enjoyable ones. You can do. I think one that we haven't done for a while, but that would uh, allow us to do other games as well would be Sounds Like a Song, where you're doing a scene, sure. doing a game, and wait, that sound, or Broadway, uh, is it called Broadway? Uh, whatever yeah. whatever you yeah. want to call it. Award-winning. So award-winning. We, we could just stop in the middle, and that sounds like a song. Whatever you just said, start singing a song about it, Mary Kay, mm-hmm. and then we could go back to Jeopardy or whatever game we were So playing. there was a sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. A sidebar happened. It's a perfect example of your singing expertise, Mary Kay. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, speaking of someone who's a perfect example of nothing, (laughs) now is the time where I throw the microphone over to Philip Simondet for a brand new segment that we call Philip's Corner. It's Philip's Corner. Uh, quick uh, pre-question. Do you have a name for the segment that Matt just did? We have not named that yet. So we're st- we, we weren't fast enough to call it rapid fire. I noticed that. Mm. Our response is Leisurely paced fire. Mm. Leisurely, Leisurely paced, paced, fire. paced fire. Bullet time. Bullet time I like fire, I think would be. All right. Uh, so welcome to Phillip's Corner. Sidebar. Sidebar, guys. I am trying to get out of this next at bat thing. So bad. Mm. So in this section, I'm supposed to ask you questions. How do I get into terms? Philip, terms of use is there for a reason. Okay, right? but what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the worst questions right. possible. Okay, so Matt just has to get rid of me, right? Okay. You can answer as brilliantly as you want, but I'm going to ask terrible, terrible questions, and and we'll go from there. Okay. Will you ask them of specific people? Yeah, well, I'm going to okay. stare into each of your eyes okay. and ask you the worst question you've ever been asked. 
correct. One at a time. Okay, cool. Sidebar over. Oh, oh there you guys are. <laughs> yep. We're back. What, what were you doing? Oh, talking about Chilling. enchiladas. Oh. Yeah. They're great do, at Old Mexico. Yeah. It, Old Mexico, do they have any shows? Saturday uh, night, 7.30 p.m., $10. The food gets better then. The food, wait. <laughs> the food not that it's better. great. Not that it's great all the time. Not that it's not great all the time. <laughs> We're not going to let them listen to this, right? <laughs> May I say this in no way represents old Mexico. Bottomless chips and salsa. For there free. is bottomless chips and salsa. Nice. Uh, well, I, I've, I've seen Jester's and I've eaten there. It's really good Ooh, food. It's very good. I've it's, been there it's really good. It is great food. We eat after the show uh, virtually every time. Actually. Pretty much all of us have our go-to. Like They know yep. shrimp and nachos for shrimp half of Shrimp and nachos. Us. They bring yeah. it. Guacamole is wonderful. Anyway, Philip, we're <laughs> in your corner. Yeah, welcome to Philip's corner. Uh, let's do this. Larry. Yeah, Philip. Yeah. Uh, you ever shot yourself in the foot? Metaphorically, or literally? That's a two-part question, Philip. Uh, very insightful. I, I think that's a fantastic yes. question. <laughs> um, shoot my father. Uh, literally, no. Actually, I, I witnessed uh, my brother-in-law almost shot his foot. Literally, Ooh. he had first time he had a pistol at the pistol range, and he lowered the pistol with his finger on the trigger and put a hole in the ground about two inches from his foot. So a very scary situation. I was a witness to that. So. Uh, metaphorically, uh, yes. When I keep speaking and then I have people start looking at me <laughs> like they're doing now, I usually try to avoid. I, I've learned the look, so I've, I've learned to avoid those meta- metaphorical foot situations. Mary Kay, tell me about your feet. <laughs> My feet are currently encased in socks and shoes, but they prefer to be barefoot. Oh, why? So it's just more comfortable. So the first thing I do when I get home is kick off my socks and shoes. And no slipper situation, just barefoot around the house? Barefoot around the house, unless it's a little bit chilly, in which case I might wear socks. You ever barefoot at other places like work? Um, In the summer when I'm wearing sandals, sure. Okay. Kick off the sandals. Very casual workplace that I work at. You could wear, you know, jeans and t-shirts every day. I hate to bust in here, Philip, but I'm curious. Have you ever uh, improvised barefoot, Mary Kay? Not for an audience. (laughs) (laughs) Wooly. Yes. What do you do in your car when it's not on? When uh, When it's not on. Uh, generally when I turn the car off, the uh, iPod continues playing for about 10 minutes I've found before the car completely shuts off. And generally I work on my lip syncing. Um, I was supposed to have been in the uh, 50 hour comedy festival last year, um, the lip sync off. And, uh, unfortunately there was a death in my family, so I had to skip out on it. So I've been determined if it comes up again and the opportunities there, I'm going to kick ass at lip syncing, uh, let it go from frozen. Yeah. Uh, so I will generally listen to that three times on repeat in my car when it's off. I think just as a plug for Fearless, I think their 50-hour thing is April 6th through 8th this year. Yes, and I think sign-ups just started, but I haven't okay. seen okay. the lip sync availability yet. Mm-hmm. Just a plug for our audience that if you see Willie in his car motionlessly just kind of singing <laughs> the words to Frozen to <laughs> himself, uh, feel free just to walk away. 
That's adorable that you think I'm motionless. I've seen, I've, again, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I've seen Frozen 400 times. I know Elsa's every step during that song, and I will recreate it on stage. Beautiful. Mm. And just a quick note to the audience. Saturdays at 8 o'clock, Jester's. 7.30. 7.30, sorry. At, at 8 o'clock, we'll have been on stage for 30 minutes. At that point, you can sneak in for free, usually. <laughs> that is true. Because, uh, again, the uh, front of house will have been on stage <laughs> playing. At I noticed you were filling up late that one day, Philip. <laughs> or master, sorry. That's okay. It's easy to mix this up since we're both locked into this show. Anyway. <laughs> Mookie. Tell me about a death in your family. Oh, wow. <laughs> don't have to. Uh, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, so, so thanks for bringing the foreboding down. So when this podcast drops, no doubt there will be a, a terrible, terrible. Is this table made of wood? Can we can knock on that real quick? Yeah, yeah, let's all knock on it. You know, you know, um, I just got records from my great grandfather, and mm. where he he and who did pass away um, a while ago. In fact, uh, actually, either my great grandfather, my great great grandfather, and how he was part of this very odd part of Russia that was really Germany. And so a whole bunch of Germans moved to Russia, and then they all left suddenly and came to the U.S. And as I research it, um, far because they actually moved to North Dakota. And so while I'm not exactly from here, I'm actually from not far from here in other ways. So hmm. Garrison, North Dakota, has some roots to uh, my family. And so if I ever go there, I'll see the 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 family graveyard, and there will be people who are dead there. See, that, that entire time you said your great-grandfather's records, and then when you said a German part of Russia, I still thought you meant musical records, like LPs, oh. <laughs> and I wanted to hear what kind of German-Russian music. It's called like Bessasarabia, I think is the name of this little area that it exists in, and I told somebody that, you know, I was reading, this is my great-grandfather's picture from Bessasarabia, and somebody else is like, oh yeah, huh. And then some, my mother chimed in. This was on Facebook. And she's like, no, this is real. Uh, this is a thing. And then the person's like, oh, I'm so used to Chris just telling degenerate <laughs> lies all the time as an improviser. I had no idea this could possibly be true. Cool. Sidebar, <laughs> sidebar guys. Okay, I was pretty bad. I asked about death. That's never, never good. Uh, but I really want to nail it home with a final question that's the worst, okay? So feel free to answer the worst as well, okay? So a sidebar over. Okay, uh, so just one, uh, you know, last round of questions uh, to give you another chance for, for quick answers. Uh, so for everyone, uh, why? Because your father and I said so. Who? Who's asking great questions at this podcast? What? Carbon-based life on a rock spinning around a ball of plasma. When? Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Old Mexico. <laughs> Tickets are $10. Thank you so much. That has been yeah, Philip's yeah, Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Philip, real quick sidebar. Sidebar. God, that was like the best you've ever what? been. What? You fucking uh, kidding me right now? No, I mean, especially the question oh, about God. the foot. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so, All yeah. Right. Night, I'll be back next week. Nice job. Thanks. Sidebar over. Sidebar over. All right. You guys ready to do some improv? Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey everybody, uh, we have a lot of great performers on stage and, and we love doing improv, but actually on the side we're all actually copywriters for an ad agency. Um, so we come up with those great taglines, uh, Nike, just do it, uh, McDonald's, I'm loving it. Uh, we actually came up with those things and we're so good that we can come up with taglines for virtually any item you could name. 
So uh, why doesn't somebody in the audience shout out an item and we'll give it that fabulous tagline? Uh, pizza. What your complexion will look like next week. Pizza. pizza. <laughs> Powering your turtle that is a ninja. Pizza. pizza. Leaving your bowels in 30 minutes or less. Pizza. pizza. Every step dad's godsend. <laughs> pizza. pizza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Proof has been given. Give me something else. What is another item? Uh, light bulbs. Light bulbs. What a good idea. Light bulbs. It's luminous. Light bulbs. Keeping Thomas Edison's ancestors rolling in dough. Light bulbs. The way we can tell that a cartoon character has an idea. Light bulbs. You get it turned on. Light bulbs. Larry's head. Light bulbs. Uh, check out the cast members on jcimprov.com. Hey, all right. Give me another category. Give me, uh, how about a an item you might find in your bathroom? A thermostat. He has an odd house. The way you can tell that a cartoon character is in love. <laughs> a thermostat. <laughs> kind of like a light bulb. You can turn it on. A thermostat. Life or death life or death situation for Minnesotans. Thermostat. Don't touch that. Thermostat. And how about an item you would find in your backyard? Dog. Backwards god. Dog. <laughs> Cats for people who like to walk. Dog. You're barking up the right tree. Dog. Like light bulbs, you can turn them on. Dog. <laughs> oh, uh, audience ejection. Uh, give me an item. Uh, how about a profession? Sure. Uh, how about a profession? A uh, carpenter. Jesus Christ. Carpenter. We really nailed that one. Carpenter. Got wood. Carpenter. My favorite Christmas album. Carpenters. Carpenters. <laughs> uh, uh, that would be uh, why birds suddenly appear. Yeah. Carpenters. Yeah. Uh, another profession. Astrophysicist. Astrophysicist. When you want to show off Uranus. Astrophysicist. Is that a black hole or are you just glad to see me? Astrophysicist. They plan it ahead of time. Astrophysicist. Right to the moon, Alice. Literally. Astrophysicist. Give me a celebrity. Let's throw out one of those. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Cuter than you remember. Drew Barrymore. What John Barrymore asked that portrait guy to do. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> See, Lindsay Lohan, you can come back from drug addiction. Drew Barrymore. Yay. Of course, at Jesters, we always like to get to know our members of the audience. You've already met all of us, Larry, Mary Kay, Wooly, and Mookie, but it's time for us to learn a little bit more about the people also in this room. So sitting to the left of me, wearing a baseball cap, sir, what is your name? Uh, Philip. And Philip, if you had to say as a child you had a dream profession, what would that dream profession be? A writer. A writer. Yeah. This is Philip, everybody. Philip longs to be a writer. 
Philip uses a finger and iPad. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. He's trying really hard not to look like his dad. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Using verbs. Using verbs. Using nouns. Using nouns. Using verbs. Using nouns. Probably work at the ground round. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Fill up, everybody. Nice. Should we do one more? We're going to do one more. Fill up with another and then actually, if, if after we do one more after that, we can just keep moving around. We can introduce oh. some more people here. Maybe we'll even have our guests join us in. You, sir, uh, yeah. with the with the headphones right, on. Right, yeah. Uh, don't mean to interrupt whatever it is that you're doing that requires headphones, but uh, where would you say is your... What's your name? Oh, uh, my name's Matt. And Matt, if uh, you could go on vacation anywhere in the Continental 48, and most Ooh. people would not expect one to go vacation there, where would you choose? Uh, Montana. Montana. Well, this is Matt. He thinks Montana's pretty rad. Matt, he knows the way to steer. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be here. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. See the prairie. See the prairie. See butte. See butte. See the prairie. See butte. I guess it's Groot. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Matt! Matt! You guys know me. We like wow. messing with each other once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, that, one was, that yeah. was perfect yeah. in, in many ways. Butte is very cute. Cute. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the point is moot. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, I think you guys understand how it's done here. We're gonna, we're gonna. It's very astute. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna actually start this one with Mary Kay and have Larry. Uh, yeah. Okay. Visit somebody here and unfill it. Sir, what's your name? Adam. Adam. That's odd. I know somebody named Adam. Adam, um, what is your favorite type of movie? Uh, um, Me and my wife like romantic comedies. Romantic comedies, Adam. His name is Adam. He's really a big sap. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. He watches movies with his wife on his lap. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Sleepless, sleepless. You got mail. You got mail. Sleepless, you got mail. That's what he is gonna nail. Yeah. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Adam. And let's do one more, and this time we'll have Wooly start it off. So Mary Kay, go ahead, interview someone. Um, you, sir, in the maroon sweater, yes. what's your name? My name is Chris. Uh, and Chris, uh, if you could uh, bifurcate a statistic, <laughs> what subject would you would you bifurcate on? Uh, you know, I was looking at the music publishing business yesterday and some statistics on that. This is Chris. He likes the music publishing business. Kanye West needs all of your money. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Jester's Comedy Improv at 7.30 is really funny. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Download. Download. His songs. His songs. Download his songs. And he's looking really strong. Yeah. Do a diddy diddy dum diddy do. Kanye West. Yeah. We'll go on to our next game. Yeah, it's time for everyone's favorite game show, which is... Wheel of Fortune. No, it's uh, Family Feud. No, not at all. Whose line is it anyway? Think older with a man with a mustache. Monty Ball. The match That's game. Right. To it's tell the truth. Jeopardy. Oh, oh yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. And here on the 
at Bat uh, Podcast, we have no giant screen because you couldn't see it anyways. Nope. Instead, we are going to come up with the categories. We are going to come up with the answers. And then we are also going to come up with the questions. Uh, this is a five-person game. We got rid of the three podiums. So anyone can shout out a category. I'll come up with the answer. As our uh, returning champion, I'm going to take control yes. first. I'm going to choose major sports. This is Chris. Chris, in the category of major sports, this category is open to anyone. The answer <clears throat> is soccer. <clears throat> Mary Kay. What do you do when your wife turns the channel? <laughs> You're the I'm only so- one at the table who <laughs> yeah. can get away with that, Mary Kay. <laughs> Pick a new category. I will go with geography. Geography in the category of geography. The answer is Mason-Dixie line. (laughs) Mookie. Where do I get my Mason-Dixie cups? Is anyone else going to buzz? That is correct. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I will choose cartoon characters, and I know this is a voice clue. Ooh, this is a voice clue in the category of uh, cartoon characters. The answer is... Ah! Philip. What your wife says when you hit her. <laughs> Again, only Mary Kay can get away with that, fella. Larry. What, 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 what's an orgasm? That's a different answer in the same category. Matthew, I saw your finger almost go up. Um, That's called throwing the host under the bus. Right. <laughs> um, what is the state song of Mississippi? That is correct. How many what? listeners of the podcast do you have in Mississippi? They One don't. Less. They don't know how to work the internet. <laughs> now <laughs> none. No, no. <laughs> Matt, pick a new category. Uh, I would like uh, medieval weaponry for four hundred. Yes, in mid we uh, medieval weaponry, the answer is mace. Eh. Mookie, what is the most effective way to make a new friend? Eh. Matt, what is the only role that Samuel L. Jackson regrets? <laughs> eh. Larry. What do Republicans call Democrat spray? Nope, Matt got that one right. Damn it. <laughs> I am a fan of Mace Windu. Matt, you're on a roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would like uh, uh, foreign cars. Foreign cars. And in the category of foreign cars, the answer is Volvo. <laughs> Matt. What is the only question I got wrong on my high school sex ed qu- uh, quiz? <laughs> That is correct, and Mary Kay, I'm surprised you didn't get something for that one. I, I thought I should tone it back. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, three in a row, you've officially bowled a turkey. Pick another category. All right, I would like uh, three in a row or turkeys. Three in a row or turkeys. <laughs> the answer is Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mookie. What is like American Thanksgiving, but 85% shorter? Eh. Larry. What do they call boxing your wife day? <laughs> eh. Matt. What what is the most boring holiday ever invented in any country? Eh. Mary Kay. What's a good way to ruin Indian summer? <laughs> nope, you can't go again. Mary Kay got that one. We're on to our last category. Mary Kay, what is it? Potpourri. In the category of potpourri, the answer is Yankee Candle Company. And Matt. What I used to call masturbating. That is correct! That's Jeopardy, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to final Jeopardy? No. (laughs) We end on masturbation jokes, Mookie. You know this. That is very true. Um, One of those jester's bylaws. You know, one of the things that happens is even though we are all professional improvisers, at various times we might find ourselves in a situation where we have a lack of words that are appropriate for the situation. So we're going to turn... 
to our um, other people at the table here and just gently tap them on the shoulder. They will then at that point produce for us a random phrase, thought, or idea that will help us fill in the piece of dialogue that we were missing. Of course, being professionals means you don't have to make it easy on us. It's up to us to justify exactly what's going to happen here. So uh, for this next scene, which is going to involve all the players here, anyone here can choose someone else to just tap on the shoulder for that fill-in in maximum confusion in this scene. <laughs> uh, we're going to start the scene with uh, Mr. Larry and Mr. Matt. Uh, They're going to be centered at a bowling alley. Matt, I, I just don't have the skill set for this bowling thing, man. Larry, you can do it. I believe in you. You can, you can do anything. You've proven it in the past. If anything is... Retain my job, yes. I kept my job. That's about it, man. I'm good at my job. I am not good at bowling. But you persevered before. You can persevere again. If you help me. You really need to help me because I'm having just a problem with... My shoes. They're too tight. All they have is size 12s here. I have 13s. You know that. I, I, I thought you'd go to a shoe-friendly bowling alley with me. I understand, but I can't do anything without my legs. Yes. It's an unfortunate situation, but you know, you're know you spurring me on. You're giving me wings. Excuse Matt. me, sir. Yes. Um, I heard that this is the bowling alley where they help quadriplegics bowl. And and I would like someone to help me roll the, roll the ball down the aisle. Matt, uh, you want to take, uh, take I, this one on? I haven't bowled in so many years, and, and now I'm... Hungry. And, and so I don't need to bowl right now. Okay, I want to. Well, that's very nice of you, sir. They do have the, the bumpers in the aisle so that you won't... Spill your drink. Because if you spill your drink, then they get mad at you. They oil the floors or something. I thought that I was here to... Fish stick. But it, as it turns out, I instead want to... Mardi Gras. If you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. Oh, he brings the party to pretty much every bowling event. So, uh, Matt, uh, just get, maybe give her, um, this lovely lady, uh, just a pointer. What, what's something that, that helps you focus on bowling? Okay. Maybe that'll help you focus as well. Larry, I can do that. If there's absolutely one thing that you need to do when you bowl, it's... Sing your favorite musical. You need to do that. That's awesome. The sun will come out tomorrow. And see. <laughs> um, and I'll probably, you know, the last thing you wonder is, is Next at Bat has been going for several years now. Three years? Three a little years. over. Oh. Mm-hmm. A little over three years. And that means right now we understand what Next at Bat is going to be like, but we could find out what Next at Bat would be like. In the future! That's right. You might have questions, comments, concerns about things how the world is going to change, what items are going to be like. Is Philip still going to be here? Yeah. What will happen is we will get an item, a subject, a person, and we will tell you what they're going to be like in the future. Awesome. So uh, maybe let's start it off with the Next at Bat podcast. What's that going to be like in the future? In the future, the Next at Bat podcast will just be Philip sharing his favorite cornflakes recipes. In the future, next at bat, we'll have gotten to bat and we'll be on first base. Uh, give me a uh, sport one of your relatives played. Volleyball. Volleyball. Yeah. What will volleyball be like in the future? In 
the future, volleyball scenes from Top Gun will be the most downloaded video clip from GayPorn.com. In the future, beach volleyball will also have a separate swimsuit scoring category. Well, let's see. According to my calculations, in the future, volleyball ball will be superseded by the new high-action game, Volleyball. In the future, Tom Hanks Wilson will have his own complete spinoff league that he will run. <laughs> Maybe you're interested in, in the subject of medical history. What is, a, um, what is a part of the body? Femur. The femur. Can you tell me what femurs are like in the future? In the future, femurs will be the number one date dogs bring to prom. Because <laughs> there will be dog prom. In the future, femurs will be part of Title IX and will need their own black locker rooms. <laughs> in the future, femur will be one of the largest parts of the organization in America that takes care of disasters involving the left arm. <laughs> In the future, according to my calculations, femur will be the top menu item on the zombie hit parade. What is a speaking of food? A what what is a food or recipe that is distinctly Midwestern? Oh, hot dish. Hot dish. What will hot dish be like in the future? In the future, hot dish will be cool dish. In the future, hot dish will be known as dish. Global warming, y'all. In the future, hot dish will consist entirely of tater tots and cream of mushroom soup. Well, I can see in the future, according to my calculations, tater or hot dish will be banned when tater tots were substituted with tater children. In the future, hot dish will win Miss Minnesota the Miss America competition. It'll be her talent. <laughs> also, her evening wear, and and maybe maybe with that subject, what is a uh, a, a famous uh, political figure from more than fifty years ago? FDR. FDR. What will FDR be, <laughs> memory be like in the future? Why will he still be relevant? In the future, most kids will know of FDR from buying dime bags. <laughs> he is on a dime, right? Is that FDR? Yeah. <laughs> I don't carry change with me, so I can't prove that right now. Just no drugs will be cheap in the future. That's what I'm excited about. So thank you, everybody. That was just a little bit of insight into the, the future. future. Uh, Wooly's got a game for us now. Shit, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I have a great game uh, for us. No, it's not that one. You, um, wanna, and, uh, you know, there's a request from the audience. Oh, what was it? Oh. For, for a game involving anything that was a multiple of 37, like 185, for instance. I'm doing the math. That is a multiple. You're right. Oh, yeah. 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 These yeah. are the sort of things I think about on the back line instead of jokes. One of the things, <laughs> one of the things Larry had to deal with when uh, he set up uh, Jester's Comedy at Old Mexico is they said, well, if you're going to be a comedy show, you've got to do a joke. Um, and we don't know jokes because we're improvisers. So we came up with one that is sold to us. As far as I know, no one else is doing this. Um, joke is on, <laughs> the joke is 185 blanks walk into the bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve blanks here. The blanks say punchline. Um, we will come up with the punchline as long as we can get the uh, blanks from someone else. Yeah, so we'll rotate around the room here for what sure. the suggestions are. So I'll go first and then it'll be Philip. So um, I will suggest 185 chefs. 
185 chefs walk into the bar. Bartender says, look, I'm sorry we don't serve uh, chefs here, especially ones who have obviously been doing drugs in the parking lot. And the chefs say, yeah, we're really burnt tonight. 185 chefs walk into the bar. Bartender says, we don't serve chefs in this establishment. 185 chefs say, we're going to get our lawyer and gin sue you. <laughs> 185 chefs walk into a bar. Bartender says, we're not going to, we can't, what is it again? I don't we remember. Don't serve, we don't serve chefs. We, we don't serve chefs here. Chef says, what, you're cutting us off already? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's get a new topic. New topic is um, espresso machines. Sure. Uh, 185 espresso machines walk into a bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve espresso machines. The espresso machines say, but we came here all the way from the island of Java. Ooh. 185 espresso machines walk into a bar. Bartender says, we don't serve espresso machines here. Espresso machines say... Well, the prices were too steep here anyway. Uh, 185 espresso machines walk into the bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, I don't serve espresso <laughs> machines here. And the espresso machines get steamed. 185 espresso machines walk into the bar. Bartender says, get the hell out of here. We don't serve espresso machines. 185 espresso machines say, on what grounds? Let's go with uh, tax collectors. 185 tax collectors. Walk into a bar, bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve tax collectors here. And the tax collectors say, that's fine. 185 tax collectors and a former president walk into a bar. And the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve tax collectors and a former president. And so the tax collectors leave. But then he's like, no, 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 W-2. 185. <laughs> 185 tax collectors walk into a bar. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve tax collectors here. And the tax collectors say, well, that's bad form. Nice. 185 tax collectors come into the bar. Bartender says, we don't serve tax collectors here. Get out. And 1,040 tax collectors leave the bar. <laughs> they multiply while they were They in? multiply, man. Yeah. Let's give They're us a greedy. new topic, Larry. Uh, new topic. Uh, 185. There's 2,000 words in the language, I'm, I'm using uh, two words. 185 carjacks walk into the bar. 185 carjacks walk into the bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve carjacks here. And the carjacks say, well, maybe you should change that rule. 185 carjacks walk into the bar, and the bartender says, hey, get out of here. We don't serve carjacks. And he, he grabs them by the arm, and they say, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> 185 carjacks walk into a bar. The, carjacks, uh, the bartender says, we don't serve carjacks here. And the, the carjacks say in a nice uh, German accent, oh, we, we tire of this place anyway. <laughs> yes. 185 carjacks walk into a bar. Bartender says, we don't serve carjacks here. And the carjacks call him a lug nut. <laughs> <laughs> did they leave the bar, though, or did they stay? That's... Oh, they stayed. Uh. <laughs> uh, 185 um, holiday decorations. 185 holiday decorations. Uh, walk into a bar. Bartender says, "Dude, it's February." <laughs> 185 <laughs> holiday uh, decorations. Walk into a bar, and the bartender says, "We don't serve holiday act decorations. Get out of here!" And the holiday directions decorations say, "Snowman." 185 uh, holiday decorations. Walk into an old western bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, I don't serve holiday decorations here. 185 holiday decorations, string them up. <laughs> 185 holiday decorations walk into the bar. Bartender says, we do not serve holiday decorations here. Please leave. 185 holiday holiday decorations say, 
you will rue the dreidel that you kicked us out. <laughs> I must feel we should end with that one. But should we do one more? I think we should. We should do let's one do more. One more. Yeah. All right, let's a palate do, cleanser. Let's do a hundred and eighty-five. Uh, should we go with one of the classic ones we always kind of end with? Hundred, uh, not always. I'll say, but we we seem to get one hundred eighty-five strippers quite often. Mm. Let's end with mm. one hundred eighty-five strippers. One hundred eighty-five strippers walk into a bar. The bartender says, "We don't serve strippers here." The stri- one hundred eighty-five strippers say, "Well, you've painted us into a corner." One hundred eighty-five strippers walk into a bar. Bartender says, "I'm sorry, we don't serve strippers." So the strippers took a poll and decided to leave. One hundred eighty-five strippers walk into a bar. Bartender says, "I'm sorry, we don't serve strippers here." So they go to the next bar. Bartender in that bar also says, "I'm sorry, we don't serve strippers here." And the one hundred eighty-five strippers say, "Whoa, déjà vu." One hundred eighty-five strippers walk into a bar, and the bartender says, "I'm not sure if we're gonna." Serve you or not, and the strippers say, "Gee, string us along." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one to end on. Yeah. 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 And that's our show. Thank you to the folks from Jester's Comedy Improv. Thank you to Larry, Mary Kay, Wooly, Mookie, and you can see Jester's Comedy at. Old Mexico. When can you see him? 7.30 Saturday, Saturday night. And how much does it cost? $10 cash. cash. Or credit card accepted at the ATM. ATM is on site. No, it's Next Phillip's the corner. Why? <laughs> Why not? Okay. Because we've got to get paid? <laughs> uh, do any of you have anything else you want to plug right now? Find us on Facebook at Jester's Comedy Improv. If you like us on Facebook, you join our birthday club. You can get free tickets the month of your birthday. So come see the show, have a have a beer, have a drink, and then you won't even have to pay for the entrance fee. That's pretty. And hey, Jester's is going to be on the at next at Matt podcast, so make sure you listen to that <laughs> as well. And uh, we're considering being in a parade this year, so we oh, might that's be. Fun. So if you live in a parade, we might be there. Oh, you, do you live in a parade? Parades go by my house. Because I'm homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Do you lean out of your box and quiet, kids? Get off my lawn, marching band. Yeah, I'm a curmudgeon for sure. <laughs> okay. So, Philip, what's going on with you these days? Uh, you can see me in Neutrino at Huge Theater Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Uh, it's an improvised movie that we film while you're watching it, and it's very cool. And as always, go to youtubecom philipsimdet for all kinds of things. And then Emperor Penguin is making its comeback in April, uh, which I'm really excited about at uh, the Monsters of Improv. And uh, one of the teams that I coach, Mixed Messages, is uh, playing again in April on Huge Wednesdays. Uh, That's Huge uh, Theater, Uptown Minneapolis. Uh, Check them out at hugetheater.com and see what's going on at Huge. Philip, how can people get a hold of us? They can send us an email, nextatbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on facebook.com slash nextatbat. And check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. Go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it. Let us know what you think about us. Tune in next week when we're going to have Gary, not the person, <laughs> the improv group. Right. Uh, they're a 10-person improv group, plus Dave Kappelhoff, who's one of our favorite people, mm-hmm. uh, will be on the show. Uh, so check that out. And until then, uh, shore up your sidebars, people. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs>